Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. Man, maybe you're in this room, and if you were to be honest, the last time you were in church was last Easter. And if that is you, it's okay. Definitely uh, wouldn't be my recommendation, but it's okay. And, uh, or maybe you haven't been to a church in a while, man, and from the bottom of my heart, I really want to say welcome. Like, I, I hope, I hope that we have your ears this morning, and, and whether that's a husband who got dragged in by your wife, a uh, grandson who got dragged in with grandma, or maybe this is just family tradition, and you're just checking the box. I don't, I don't know what it is. You know, I tell enough stories week to week where the common Destiny churchgoer knows that uh, I was a little bit of a heathen. I wasn't always Pastor Mark. But I say that to testify to the fact to, to testify to those to, that have maybe been jaded by church, jaded by religion, confused why people would even commit themselves to consistently attend or be a part of a community like this in the first place. Man, I, I just say it to say Jesus changes everything. Like you're, you're looking at a dude, you're looking at a dude, man, I've wrestled with the, the feelings of inadequacy and insecurity and fear and self-doubts and addiction and all, lots of other sins and, and all of that. But I just want to testify this morning before we say anything, Jesus changes everything. He changes everything. And uh, so I just want you to know this ain't no bait and switch. Like this is, I'm just coming right out. If you're in here and you're not following Jesus, I hope by the end of today, you, you want a relationship with Jesus and you understand how it's imperative. And it's, you know, Colossians 1.16, it says this, and I say this almost every week, but I can't say it enough because it, it's life-changing revelation. It says that all things, say all things, you and I, person sitting next to you, were created through him and for him. The reason that's so important is because maybe we, we've had that moment, we're sitting on the couch in our living room like, man, what's life all about? And why am I here? And why do I have breath in my lungs? Yeah, I love my friends, love my family, love my job, whatever. I want to see, I want to do well, but there's got to be more. Well, let me tell you that there is. You were created on purpose, with intentionality, with divine assignment on your, you were created and, and you were created for a specific reason. The scripture tells us you were created for Jesus. So if you don't have relationship with Jesus, if you are not connected with your creator, you will always, always be wandering. And you will always be missing the very purpose for which you were created. And that's a life I do not want you to live in a walk I do not want you to venture on. Amen? Amen. So maybe I lost you. Maybe I got you to lean in. Holy Spirit, have your way. John 11, here we go. Verse 17, y'all are going to have to be loud for me because there's not as many people in the room, so y'all got to shout me down, all right, like the room's full. Say amen. amen. Here we go, John 11. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had been in his grave for four days. Shout four days. Four days. Okay, there's two sisters, Martha and Mary. Their brother's name is Lazarus. They sent message to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. Jesus got it in another town. Lazarus dies. By the time Jesus shows up, Lazarus has been dead for four days. He's dead for four days. Bethany uh, was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. And when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have died. 
But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus, I'm going to say he looked her in the eye. The scriptures don't say that, but just for hyperbole, dramatic effect, Jesus looks her in the eye. Can we do that sometimes? Is that okay? Jesus looks her in the eye and just stares at her. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. And everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Man, what a statement. What a question. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to preach. Come on, let's, let's go to the Lord together. Jesus, we love you so much. And we are so grateful for the third service on Sunday morning. God, I just really believe, I have an expectancy even in the room for right now for what you want to do in me, for what you want to do in listeners. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in a unique way even in this service. This ain't no going through the motions. This ain't no copy and paste. God, we're here to worship you, to praise you. We we want to be in a posture to receive anything that you want to give us. We're here to grow in our knowledge and love and devotion and commitment to you. So Holy Spirit, till the soil of our heart Help it be fertile ground to receive the seed of your word. Let us walk out of here with new revelation, with with a new desire to know you, to walk with you, with a greater understanding of who you are and what you've done for us. We don't just want to hear your word. We want to believe it, and we want to behave like it. I pray this church would also continue to foster kids in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I'm close with my siblings. I grew up with three sisters, and for most of our life, we were, for whatever reason, we're just in really small houses. And uh, so we just really had no other option. We had to be close. And the older we get, the closer we get. I was out at my parents' house last night. We hung out last night, and everybody's having babies, and we're just in this beautiful season. And I just, I just love my siblings. I, I think they're great, and I'm grateful for them. So I, I, when I look at Martha and Mary losing their brother, I just I can't imagine the hurt. And I can't imagine the pain and I can't imagine the sorrow that they're experiencing in this moment. And it's been four days that Lazarus has been in the grave. So I've been graced to not have to experience such the pain and grief of losing one of my siblings. But I did almost kill one of them one time. (laughs) My sister Jess, God bless her, my middle sister um, one day I'm sitting in the living room and, and she comes in. And she's, Mark, I can't get my earring in my ear. Can you come help me? And I'm like, you know, I'm in the living room and I'm just kind of thinking, I'm sort of intrigued by the fact that like, you know, put an earring through your earlobe, like say no more, I'm down, I'll do it. So I follow her. We, we go into the bathroom and I come into the bathroom and she's been trying to get her earring into her ears, already pierced, she's trying to re-pierce it, and she's jiggling around, and she, can't, and she can't figure it out, and she can't get it, and I'm like, she's like, just get the earring in there. And I'm like, okay, so I grab the lobe, I grab the earring, and I'm jiggling it, trying to finesse it to get in there, and I, I can't get it either. So I'm just like, you know, if you're squeamish, I'm sorry, plug your ears, but now her ear's starting to bleed, and, and the blood's dripping down her face and her, and her neck, and I'm still giving it my best there. I don't think it's working. And, you know, it's just trying to, she, she's getting irritated. I can tell it probably hurts because I'm jiggling the air in her lobe. And she's like, hurry up. 
I'm getting lightheaded. And I'm like, okay, well now I'm nervous trying to get the earring in there, you know, like, okay, okay, I don't. And all of a sudden, her eyes flutter into the back of her head and her body goes limp. And so, and so she fall, if I, if I wasn't in there, she would have fell and literally cracked her head on the toilet. So I, I freaking out because I don't know what is happening. I'm probably 14 years old. What just happened to my sister? Passed out for all of a minute and a half. And I know what trauma, I know what anguish I experienced in that minute and a half. Can you imagine your brother's dead four days? He ain't just passed out. He ain't sleeping. Dead. Four days. Now, I think it's intentional that John, the author, put it in that Lazarus has been dead for four days. And I'd even go as far to venture that Jesus, because if you read the story a little further up, Jesus finds out Lazarus is sick. And it said, Jesus loved Lazarus, so he waited two days where he was. <laughs> what? I think Jesus himself let it get to four days. Because if you know anything about Jewish antiquity, they believed that three days after somebody had passed, the soul would hover over the body and make efforts to find re-entrance into the body. But it would be on the fourth day when the soul would recognize the physical body would start to physically decay and then the soul would flutter off. I didn't make it up. It's just what they believed, okay? So, so when we roll up to the grave, Lazarus' grave, and it's been four days, the decaying process has already started. He is dead. Dead, gone, no fixing them, dead and done. Lord? <laughs> so this is where we roll up to the story, okay? We roll up, it's been four days, it's been four days, Jesus comes, he meets, Lazarus is dead in the grave, his sisters Martha and Mary are on the scene. So Martha says to Jesus, Lord... If you had only been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said. He'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Profound statement. A radical question. Jesus standing there looking at her. Martha's distraught and mourning and grief. The people are, are sitting. She has family in the house. They're all crying. She wipes the tears out of her face as she listens and looks up at Jesus. And she responds, yes, Lord. She told him. So verse 27. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who's come into the world from God. And then she returned to Mary, and she called Mary aside from the mourners and told her the teacher's here, and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately went to him. So Martha's having a conversation with Jesus. 
they, they have this interaction, then she goes to get Mary. Now, I don't know if you guys remember any other stories with Martha and Mary, but there's a scene where Martha's in the kitchen trying to prep dinner. Jesus is doing Bible study in the living room, and Martha's just, or Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet listening, and Martha's irritated. I like to think of it like Martha's kind of this type A sister, and then you have the type B over here who's like breaking all the rules and just doing whatever she feels like, and Martha's getting frustrated. She never helps, and she's making pizza and spinning on her hand. And, Jesus! She's supposed to be in here helping me! But Jesus rebukes her, and he says, hey, Martha, Mary's chosen the one thing, and and I'm not going to take this away from her. I I don't know. Maybe this is just my own interpretation, but there seems to be this special connection between Mary and Jesus and the way that Mary loves Jesus and approaches Jesus. So when Martha comes into the house, she's like, hey, Jesus is here. uh, Mary takes off. And, and, and she leaves so hastily that everybody thinks that she's going to Lazarus's grave. So they all get up and, and follow her, and they're taken off. And, and Mary just stomps up to Jesus, and here's where the conversation goes. Jesus had stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. This is verse 31. And when the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leave so hastily, they assumed she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep. So they followed her there. And when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had only been here, my brother would not have been dead. And when Jesus saw her weeping, he saw the other people wailing with her. A deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Now, I don't think Jesus is necessarily angry with Martha or Mary or with the people. I I think he's looking at the depravity of his creation, the effect that the fall has had on creation. Sin affects us all. And God's just in the middle of it, watching how it's affected his creation that he loves so much. And he sees their heartbreaking and he sees them weeping. And and, and I think that this anger that wells up in him, he's angry at the enemy. So he asked the question, where have you put them? Uh-oh. Where have you put them? Jesus asked. They told him, Lord, come and see. So they take Jesus, and, and, and they're walking him to the grave, and Jesus is walking with Mary and the, and the mourners, and they come up on the grave. And in John eleven thirty five, 35, I love this verse because it's the easiest one to memorize. John eleven thirty five 35, and it says, and Jesus wept. You know, it's this beautiful picture of the God that we serve. Aren't you grateful? Yeah. Although he's fully God, and he's fully divine, and he's healing people, and, 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 he, and he left heaven, and, I, and obviously that part of Jesus is, is incredible, but there's also this something so awesome, something so significant about the fact that he's fully human and he felt what you felt and he knows your anxious thoughts and he knows the depression you've been wrestling with and he saw your grief when they died and he's felt it. He's been there with you. He's, he's been there with you. And Jesus looks upon the grave and, he, and, he's, and he's with all, and, and he loves these, these guys and he, it says that Jesus wept. And the people who were standing nearby said, look, see how much Jesus loved him? But some said, this man healed the blind man. Couldn't he have 
kept Lazarus from dying. Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb, a cave with a stone rolled across its entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. So it's like a rock wall. There's a hole in the rock wall, and then they have a massive stone that they put over it. Seals the grave, seals the scent, keeps, all, keeps the dead things in there. That's the grave. So when he rolls up, he sees the stone, and he says, roll the stone aside. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. I, I just, I, I love this. Martha goes, but Lord, he's been dead four days. You won't be able to bear the smell. He's, he's dead as dead can get. There's no coming back from this. Lord, if I open the grave, it's going to stink. It's going to stink. Now, I know you came on Easter Sunday to hear about the grave, and you're like, Pastor Mark, you're talking about Lazarus. We ain't talking about Jesus in the grave, so what is going on? Well, let's just, let's just put a bookmark in John chapter 11. We'll come right back to that in a second. Jesus opened the grave, Jesus. Jesus has opened the grave. And she says, Jesus, if I open it, you won't be able to bear the smell. I want to take our eyes off of Lazarus. I want to lift our eyes off of Lazarus' story for a minute and figuratively look into the mirror at our own soul, at the condition of our own spirit, and reflect on the fact that the word of God, we believe, is the inerrant word of God. So if that's true, if God, through his Holy Spirit, has inspired humans, written and spoken through humans, to, to put together this book, and it is true, and it is the word of God, that means that the creator has put together a book for creation. So if this book is really true, then that book tells us so much about the God that we serve. It tells us so much about who he is, but it simultaneously also tells so much about you and I. He's our creator. We're the created. And it is in Ephesians 2 verse 1 that we discover a powerful truth about humanity as we know it. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Nice encouraging thought for you on Easter. You and I were unfit for the standard of heaven. You and I we don't make the cut. You and I can't perform well enough to make it into the, 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 the holy gates up there. We don't get scanned and the light turns green and we get to walk in on our own. You and I are broken. We are polluted and infected by sin. We, there is, if God's going God's to gonna keep something holy, then everything that enters that, pit, that space, that land has to be holy, and we are not. We don't make the cut. We're dead, separated. Four days, we're decaying, we're dead. And in the same way, Jesus approaches the grave of Lazarus. God approaches the grave 
of humanity in the same way Jesus' tears communicated his love for Lazarus. It was also God that so loved the world that he would look upon his creation dead in their sin, give up his divine privileges, take on the humble position of a human being, essentially to make this statement, I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me will live. You'll live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Do you believe it? It would be Jesus himself, not you, that would experience crucifixion. It would be Jesus himself, not you, that would die. It would be Jesus himself that would be placed in the grave. And it would be Jesus himself who would come roaring out of the silence, declaring the grave ain't my final destination. And it won't be for those that believe. Come on, him wrapping him, clothing himself in human flesh. He allows us to join with his spirit to take part in his resurrection. He makes us fit for the standard of heaven. This is the best news. This is the gospel. It would be through the death, burial, and resurrection that Jesus would bring back those who were four days dead in the spirit. And he allowed them to come alive. This is what Easter is about. This is what the empty grave represents. It would be this moment, though. It would be this moment with Lazarus that would prove true what Jesus has just communicated to Martha in a couple of verses up. I am the resurrection and the life. I am. It's not an event. It's a person. But before I get back into that story, before we take our bookmark out and get, and get back to John 11, I'd be remiss to not read what's left in Ephesians 2 because it's really good. Ephesians 2 verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy. Come on, you were dead in your sins, unfit for the standard of heaven, broken beyond repair, you, dead, four days dead and decaying. But God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. We get to take part for something you didn't do. Come on, jump on the bus. I'm driving. He's a good God. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things you can do. You were dead. You were dead in need of a savior. We are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Come on, you were created through him. You were created for him. And as we place faith in Jesus, the word says we're his masterpiece. And we have divine assignments on our life that were in his heart when he spoke us into existence. So we left off Martha. Martha's at the grave. Roll the stone aside. 
Jesus. He's been dead for four days. If I move this stone, it's going to stink. You know, you don't want me to open this, Jesus. What, what's, what's done is done. I call this a Martha mentality. And what we might not recognize is some of us are sitting in the room with a Martha mentality ourselves. It was Martha who said, just a couple verses above this, I believe you're the Messiah. I believe you're the Son of God. She, she recognized he's sent from heaven. Yet when Jesus says, roll the stone aside, she, there's a reluctancy in Martha. But Jesus, it's been four days. It's going to stink. And I am on assignment today to tell somebody with a Martha mentality, uh, you're not too dead. Okay, and the stench of your brokenness and the scent of your sin is not too much for the power of the gospel. Whatever you've sealed, whatever stone you've used to seal your heart, Jesus is saying, roll the stone aside. But Jesus stinks in here. There's things that have been dead in there for a long time. Roll the stone aside. Jesus, you don't know what I'm struggling with. You don't see my broken. You don't see my brokenness. You don't see my roll the stone aside. Jesus, I went to high school with these people. They know everything. Roll the stone aside and come out. Jesus says this to Martha. She tries to avoid it with excuses. I just wonder about you. Look, Jesus responded, didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you you would see God's glory when you believe worship team? Come on. Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. And then Jesus looks up to heaven. And he goes, Father, thank you for hearing me. Now, I know you hear me, but what's about to take place, I just wanted to know it's you, it's your heart, it's your love for your people. I just wanted to know what's about to happen. Come on, this, this is what you're going to do for all humanity, for those who believe. This is a picture. Father, I just want them to know that it's you. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out! and his feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in head cloth. And Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. I'm here to bring life. I am the life. I am the resurrection. This physical miracle of bringing Lazarus back to life would be an illustration, a picture of what Jesus would do for all of humanity in the spirit for those who believe. I am the resurrection and I am the life. It is for this reason Jesus took on the cross. It is for this reason Jesus gave up his life. It is for this reason Jesus would resurrect in power and glory so that we too could come alive. I love John 3.16. Y'all know it, but it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, will not stay dead, will not die, but in fact will come alive and have eternal life with him. I just wonder this morning, do you believe? Do you believe? 
Don't leave this room without professing and confessing with your mouth. I believe it. So eyes closed, heads bowed. Are you in the room, dead in the grave, stuck in your sin? for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.